0: The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey, everybody, I'm Dr. Doug Birsch, co pastor of Evergreen Church in Auburn, Washington, and you're listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. So, I watched a news report from CNBC that everyone hated. I mean, I think everyone on the internet hated it, including the mother of the reporter. It was on how we can save money when tipping at a restaurant and the report got me thinking about when i worked in the restaurant industry and how christians were some of the worst tippers and the worst customers i ever waited on we're going to talk about this and other things on the fairly spiritual show Thanks for joining me for The Fairly Spiritual Show. I am Dr. Doug Bursch. I co-pastor Evergreen Church in Auburn, Washington, and I am so glad you could join me today. Hey, there's a lot of things we're gonna do today. One, I wanna give away some books. I wrote the book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. And I'd like to give away at least one free book uh, on Friday today, this show is airing on the radio, Also, what happens after it's on the radio, I put it up in podcast form. You can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher, and there's all kinds of other podcast platforms. It's available pretty much everywhere, I think. I don't know, maybe there's some podcast platform in the Ukraine I'm not on yet. But anyway, uh, this is what I'd like to do. So I'm going to give you this number, and if you text on this number, and you can just text something like, hey, I listened to the show, or you know, put me in the contest, or blah, 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 whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. Just text in, and I'm entering you into this contest where I will send one person uh, my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, and I'm just going to randomly pick a winner, and I will mail out one book to someone who texts today uh, on Friday for the show. And then also for the people who listen with the podcast, I'm also going to pick one random winner at the end of this week, uh, so a full week. So that will be, I guess, uh, next Thursday. I will finish it, and at the end of next Thursday I'll do another drawing based on all the people who text texted during uh, the week. So there'll be two chances to win. So with that said, uh, here's the number, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513, and I'll just text you back if you win, if you've won. Otherwise, I'm not going to text you back, uh, but if you've won, I'll just text back and we'll we'll figure out uh, the details there of how to get you the book. But 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. I'm not going to put you on a mailing list. I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to contact you again, uh, only if you win. And so there's two chances to win. Uh, You'll either win today or you'll be put in the drawing for the whole week for people who listen to the podcast. So there you go. Going to give away a book. Another thing I have to mention, this show is broadcasted in the Seattle area, and I am a Seattle Mariners fan. And oh my goodness, what is happening? As of today, we have won 12 games and lost two. And I don't know what's going on. I think I might be hallucinating. But anyway, I must celebrate this. I am a Mariners fan in every season, no matter what. So I don't know what will happen. Uh, If this continues, I might not be able to hold it together. We may do whole radio shows that just somehow try to work in analogies based on the Mariners. So there might need to be an intervention at some point because... This is really too much for me to handle. I I get it. I get it. It's early in the season. This might just be an anomaly, a blip on the season. But I must celebrate whenever there is any good news when it comes to Seattle baseball. You know that. If you live in the Seattle area, you can't wait for some future payoff. You must celebrate when anything good happens. So anyway, if you're a Seattle Mariners fan, you know what I'm talking about. Can I get an amen? That's right. I'd take an offering if I could right now. So uh, what we're going to do today is I want to talk about, first, okay, there was a trending story, and this is how the internet works, that sometimes an older story resurfaces and and people see it for the first time and they go, what? How was that produced? And, and here's one. I'm not going to mention the name of the reporter because this poor guy has been dragged through the coals. But... Um, for some reason, he decided this would be a good idea for a story. This actually was produced February 2018 uh, on CNBC. It was a little video, and it was it purported basically. Uh, the headline was something like a simple tipping trick that could save you $400 a year. Simple tipping trick that could save you $400 a year. Now, first, that should have been a warning that any of these things that say there's a simple trick that could save you money, whenever you read them, there's what? There's never anything new. You, you you don't find anything new. There's there's not some loophole that suddenly you discovered that you didn't know existed. But anyway, that's intriguing enough, so pe- some people watched it. I guess the first time no one watched it, but someone watched it and shared it. And his simple uh, tipping trick to save $400 a year was this, that he suggested that you double the tax, uh, and this is in New York, I think he was a uh, doing this, but you you double the tax of 9% so that you only give 18% instead of 20%. Now, here's one thing first. I worked in the restaurant industry, and many people, in fact, most people don't give 20%. I think you should give 20%, but many people don't give 10%. They just throw $5 down on the table. Uh, many just give 10%. Some think it's a lot to give 15%. Very few give 20%. Those who do give 20% would probably think it's offensive to do some simple tipping trip, trip, excuse me, trick. Uh, This was a tipping trip, I guess, but would think it's ridiculous to try to save the extra 2% by doing this, uh, taking the tax 9% and times it by 2 and coming up with 18% versus 20%. The whole problem with this is it just reeks of why would you teach a bunch of people to be less generous to waiters? And especially people who are already giving 20%, are there a bunch of people who think, because you don't have to give a tip, right? That's not mandatory. So someone who's already giving 20% is someone who I would think is a pretty decent person. Either they have enough money to give 20%, or there's someone who just thinks that's the right thing to do, and you're coming to them and saying, you know how you could save a lot of money? You could just be less generous to people who would benefit from your generosity. That's not a very smart thing to do. It certainly doesn't have good optics. And so uh, the other thing, too, that was just kind of odd is how much is this guy spending on dinner that he would say it says that you can save $400 a year by saving this 2%? So a lot of people went after the reporter for, uh, well, where are you eating out? Maybe you should just eat out less if you're trying to save that other 2%. Uh, I, I thought, you know, if CNBC is going to go this route of uh, these wonderful reports of teaching people to be less generous, uh, maybe they could do other reports, like tricks that could save you $400 when giving to the homeless. Or here, here's another report they could do. Ways to trick your nephew into thinking you supported his mission trip. Now, <laughs> that could be rather helpful. As a pastor, I know every person in my church uh, will eventually invite us to a some sort of multi-level marketing uh, party, you know, a Pampered Chef, or no, they don't all do that. But, you know, you, you're going to get invited to every sort of candlelight party, whatever it is, somebody's going to give you an invitation. So again, you know, if the goal is not to be generous, maybe they could do a video on ways to trick people into believing you supported their mission trip. Or they could do a report on simple ways to give less to worthy organizations. Or here's another one, how to save more uh, by giving less to the working class. Here's a good one, Uh, ways to pretend to be generous. Uh, Another report they could do is be the greed you want to see in the world. And the last one, let them eat cake. So the reality is uh, this is a terrible idea. Uh, because you don't want a news organization teaching humanity to be less generous to people who don't really make that much to begin with. If you've worked in the restaurant industry, it's not an easy industry. And if you worked in any service industry, it's not easy. And whether or not you believe tipping should happen... That's not the fault of the waitstaff, right? They're not the ones who created that industry. I love people who go. Well, I don't like tipping. I think it's wrong, so I don't tip because it's you know it's an unfair. Well, that you know the waiter did not cause that reality, and if you don't tip the waiter, you don't change the industry. You just make it so the waiter can't afford to pay basic bills in life, can't feed their family, and and there are many waiters in that situation, especially in high end restaurants. Uh, where they are in a situation in life where they are married or they do have children or they are trying to make it through college, they are trying to pay rent, they do have real bills and real economies, and they cannot make it without a decent tip. So I was looking at this, and it reminded me of a couple things. And I do want to tell this story about generosity. Because immediately when I looked at this this tipping story, it reminded me of Christians and generosity— and how I've often seen a disconnect between Christians and being generous. You'd think that being Christian would mean that we would be considered some of the most generous people on the face of the earth. But that's not always the case. In fact, it reminds me, uh, whenever someone comes to me and asks me an ethical question like this, they'll say, you know, Pastor, do you think it's right on your taxes to... And then they begin to ask a question... Before they even ask the questions, I immediately just say, no, it's not right. And they're like, well, wait, I haven't even asked the question yet. I'm just, it's not right. If you're already trying to find a way to pay less or do less, your heart is not in the right place. We're gonna talk about more of this when we return, how our God is generous and so, so should we be. More to come. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. We've got a special thing going on here today. Uh, We're giving away a free book uh, to one person who wins this contest. Contest. All you have to do is text in today and be entered into the contest. Here's the number to text. 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. We'll give away one book for Friday. And then another book for the whole week's contest, 360-818-4513. I won't enter you into anything else. I won't call you. I won't mail you. I just want you to get my book, 360-818-4513. And also go to our website, fairlyspiritual.org, to find out more information about what we do and to support this show with your generous gift. All right. Hey, we've got a lot going on today, and I hope I can get to all of it. Uh, Giving away this free book is kind of cool. Uh, But I want to get into this generosity issue, and this might seem like a very simple thing. We're we're talking about tipping. Last week I talked about uh, just how Christians, how we can support angry and mean and terrible politicians, and I talked about these big issues, and today I'm talking about how much money you place on the table uh, when you go and eat at a restaurant. But I think this is a huge issue. And in fact, if Christians just took this issue seriously, we'd have revival throughout the world we could transform this nation if we just took this topic seriously this is again another one of those areas where people go you know what's wrong with the world is we don't have prayer in the schools and we don't have the you know 10 commandments in the you know all that old stuff that people just say angrily when they're sitting around at a restaurant treating their waiter poorly that's not the issue christians could be radically different from the world But we're not, and sometimes when we're different, we're different in the wrong way. We're more demanding, we're more grumpy, we're more judgy, we're more rude. We're just not even Christ-like. And if you just joined me, I was talking about this uh, news story where they were trying to teach people a way to save a lot of money is to give a smaller tip to your waiter. And a bunch of people reacted against it. And I was glad. I was glad people said that's, that's not the way we should move ahead as a society, is to teach people to give less to waiters. But it reminded me of a story, or not just a story, of many stories that I encountered working in the restaurant industry. And I actually tweeted out something at my uh, Twitter handle, Fairly Spiritual. And I tweeted out this story. And I had a bunch of people, like thousands of people, Uh, respond to it. Lots of likes and retweets. And many people say this was the same experience that I had. So this isn't just me. And in the past, when I've talked about this in other settings, when I've talked about this on social media, repeatedly, I've had other people say, this has been my same experience. So if you want to say, oh, Doug, you're exaggerating this, and this is just you, and don't make a big deal out of this, No, I'm not making a big deal out of this. This is the truth. This is what happens. I worked uh, throughout high school in a a restaurant in my uh, town in Auburn, and I worked also uh, through the first four years of college, two years at that restaurant and then at a different restaurant in the Seattle area. And here's the truth. The worst day to work or the worst time to work in that restaurant was on Sundays during the church rush. There were a couple church rushes. There was Sunday after church, Sunday morning, and then Sunday evening after evening services. And at our uh, restaurant, people would come in from various churches in town, so it wasn't just one church. They'd come in from the various churches, so the churches would all get out around the same time, and they'd all come in to find their seat, and they'd be large groups, and it wouldn't just be you know one family. It might be two or three families together, or it might be a large group of youth or college age or single people, but they would all come together, large families, large groups, dressed up for church, and we'd have to put them in these large tables and large settings, and just, you know, they'd fill up the restaurant. And there's nothing wrong with large groups coming into a restaurant. But this is what would happen. They'd come in. uh, They would have very complicated tickets usually, Mostly they would have individual tickets. And if you work in the restaurant industry, you know what this is. It's much easier to have one ticket or a couple tickets than to have 10 tickets, right? So they'd have individual tickets. Uh, Christians, for some reason, often wanted to have uh, very specific things, and they'd want to trade things out. I, I want this instead of that, and this instead of that. Instead of fries, I want a salad, and this, I want that. and They have all kinds of different rules and much more picky with their food than other people. And they also were much more demanding. They knew what was right and what was wrong, and if you did something wrong with their order, they would tell you with a frowny face and demand that you made it right. And again, I guess these things would be all right if they treated you well at the end of the day. And uh, at the end, after they spent a lot of time taking up the tables and spending their time talking about, and this this is the thing that would happen too, is I remember as a waiter, I was a waiter and a manager and a cook at that restaurant, and I remember walking from table to table as a manager, and I would hear them each talking about their sermons, the sermons. they talk about, oh, the pastor did such a great job this week. It was such a great sermon. What he preached on was so right. You know, the world needs to hear that. You know, what he talked about, about evangelism was so great. You know, we just we just need to go into the world and preach the gospel. You know, the music was so good today. That That special music was so great. And I'd go from table to table, and I'd hear the people talking about the sermon, how great the sermon was, and how great the music was, and how great church was. They had all been to church, and now they all went to the restaurant. But these people who had been with God and been to church, uh, after they got done with their meal, they would leave lousy tips for the most part The Christian rush was the most demanding, they gave the worst tips, and they were the rudest. Now, there were exceptions. They were incredibly nice and generous and kind Christians, but that wasn't the rule. I remember uh, being in in the back room, uh, the kitchen, and being with this, and we were all high school kids at this restaurant. It's funny, I was the manager at one time, and you got paid like twenty-five cents more to be the manager to keep the restaurant from burning down, and there was this high school girl just crying, and she had been waiting on a table of I don't I don't know it might have been fifteen twenty people, this huge group. And think of it, these, these large families—they're in this separate room, and and the kids are running around and trashing things, and everybody has separate orders, and they're and they're just they're also just kind of like you know when you're working a, a restaurant, you got all kinds of tables, everybody's coming at once. People are, you're trying to get their attention to get the order, and I get you're supposed to serve people, but from a waiter's perspective, it can be very difficult, right? So so instead of making sure, hey, we understand we're a large group here, that this person is waiting on other people, they're just kind of sitting there, taking their time, not at all paying any concern to this waitress's needs. And so she's she's one of the most amazing waitresses I've ever seen, and she's politely you know, saying... Uh, you know, trying to talk to one of the kids and get their orders. The kid just kind of looking around, and so she has to go over to the parent and say, um, "Do you do you know what he wants?" And the parent's going, "Hey, you know what do you, what do you want? Uh, you know, Jebediah." You know, just uh, by the way, I've found that sometimes kids with the most religious names can be the rudest in restaurants. That's another story. Uh, but anyway, so you know, she's waiting on them, and each has a specific order, and they all get drinks, and they all get you know milkshakes and. And then they all get their orders, and then they all want, uh, we were at an ice cream place as well, so they all get specially special desserts, and we do these hand-scooped ice creams. And so here she is hand-scooping all these different desserts, and that takes lots of work for 20 different things. And then there's four or five different families, and so she has all these different checks for each family, and they leave and the and the room is just a wreck. The kids have wrecked everything. The parents don't clean up anything. Like the stuff that's on the floor, you know, one kid, one baby in a high chair who's just it looks like an explosion has occurred. And they leave. And someone threw a five dollar bill on the table. And that was their tip. And I'm in the back room and she's crying. Because we we barely got, I don't know what our our minimum was, our minimum wage, but it was barely anything. That, That money was the way that she helped herself save up for college. I think at that time she was going to community college, saving up for her next two years after community college. And she was treated so poorly. None of those Christians treated her in the way she deserved to be treated. They didn't see her humanity. And I was so angry. I was a Christian at the time. I loved Jesus. But I saw all these Christians in this restaurant talking about church and how great church was, but treating all these young waiters and cooks and dishwashers and managers in this restaurant, treating them like just meaningless people. And I thought to myself at the time, What if all these Christians realized that church never got out? In fact, church never gets out. What if they realized that that restaurant was just as sacred as the church they had just left? Maybe what if they realized that that restaurant was even more sacred because in the church there were no non-Christians. Everybody in there was already saved. But in that restaurant, those kids didn't know Jesus. And if they had spent any time being generous to those kids, every single one of them would have given their life to Jesus. Now, I'm not one of those people who just thinks, you know, God does everything, and it doesn't matter what we do, and they just you know, give their life to Christ, and we just kind of go along being jerks, and God figures it out. I don't believe that kind of theology, and I think it makes us terrible Christians when we believe that kind of stuff. I believe what we do matters, and I think we're accountable for what we do that harms others. Can you imagine if Christians took seriously their mandate to be light and life in the world? Could you imagine if Christians took it seriously that when they go into restaurants, they are ambassadors of the kingdom of God? There'd be revival in this world. Everyone would want to work Sundays. They'd say, work Sundays because you get 40% on your tips. You get blessed and served. You get the kindest, most gentle, most gracious the best people in the world. They give the most money, they're the most gentle, they don't care if you mess up on their orders, they're the least demanding. They serve you, it's the weirdest thing. You're their waiter, yet they wait on you. It's like being waited on by Christ. When I work on Sundays, I'm blessed. When I wait on Sundays, I'm blessed. I get so excited for the church rush to get out I get so excited when the Christians come into the restaurant because I know I'm going to be blessed. I fight to get a shift for Sundays because I know on Sundays I'm going to be anointed by these Christians. That's what it should be. That's what it could be. That's what the world should be like. Let's not be fooling ourselves. Christianity isn't declining in America because of the liberals. It's us always been us if we're radically different the world will love what we have to offer them if we're not we have nothing and worse if we're more demanding and judgmental and less generous they'll run away from us they'll discard us they'll want to have nothing to do with us you and i were created to be generous God is in us and with us, and our God is generous. The one who saved us is generous. The one who freed us is generous. Let God be generous through you, okay? Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. If you'd like to be entered into the contest to win a free book, text me, 360-818-4513, I will give one book at the end of today and then another one at the end of this week. 360-818-4513 360-818-4513 Also go to my website fairlyspiritual.org to donate to keep this show on the air. We need your generosity to stay on the air. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. Thank you so much for listening.